Welcome to Communion House Podcast with Pastor Moses Anderson, a ministry raised by God for the rebirth of the early church with a strong commitment to seeing others rise and shine in these last days. Join Pastor Moses for today's message. We will be reading from the book of Ephesians. For what I'm talking about today is how to prepare. You see, I would take us very quickly to the book of Zechariah as a continuation to the message that I, was, that I preached on Saturday. Now, if you weren't there on Saturday, it's okay. You will get a chance to listen uh, to that teaching by the grace of God. Uh, but I'm also going to summarize as much as I can um, so that we are able to appreciate even better the need for us to prepare these days the need for us to prepare. Because what I'm talking about today is how to prepare. You see, because sometimes when we haven't come to know or come to appreciate or be reminded of the need to prepare, we may not take the heart as diligently as we should how to prepare. You see, because the way God designed us, God designs us, God designed us for us to first of all, find the wisdom for a thing before the understanding for the thing and ultimately have the knowledge for the thing or the knowledge of the thing. Let me say that. Let me say it this way. The word of God says that by wisdom, a house is built and by understanding it is established and by knowledge, it is filled with every good thing. It is filled with every precious thing. So what's the first thing in that equation? Wisdom. Wisdom is required for you to even build that house in the first place. And why wisdom? Because wisdom answers the question why. Why a thing exists points to the wisdom behind the thing. Then understanding answers the question how. Because understanding is all about how a thing comes to be. And knowledge is the descriptor of the thing in terms of the detail of its existence, as well as a summary of its application. That's what knowledge is. And so when you look at it, let's take that picture again. By wisdom, a house is built. Right? And when you're building a house, it is not after you build it that you think about the purpose for what that house, for the purpose for the house. No, you know the why before you build. So if I'm building a house to be a clubhouse and I'm not thinking of it being a clubhouse and I just said, I just want to build a house, I may end up building a house that is just going to be suitable for everything else but being a clubhouse. Does it make sense? If I'm building a house that is supposed to be for a family, a, a family residence, but I don't know why I'm building it and I just built, I may end up building a, an office space, which may not necessarily be conducive for a family, for a home. So you see, wisdom is the beginning of all things. When wisdom was having, when the spirit of wisdom revealed it herself to Dave, I mean, to Solomon in Proverbs chapter eight, she said, that before the beginning of God's creation, before God embarked on creation, he possessed me. He said to Solomon, he said, think about it. He said, even before the primal dust of the earth was fashioned by God, he says, God possessed me. He said, I wisdom was there before the beginning of God's creation. To let you know that even God started his work of creation by possessing the spirit of wisdom. 
And wisdom said, I was there. He said, I was there even before the almighty God drew a circle upon the face of the deep. That means before he drew the boundaries of the area of the focus of his creation. And so even before the ground was broken, before the, the plot of land was marked out for the building, wisdom said, I was there. Because if you don't possess the wisdom, that is, if you don't know the why or the reason or the purpose for a thing before you begin the thing, you are most likely going to be building and executing a miss. Okay? And so that is why when it comes to the way we execute in these times, the way we are able to make the necessary kinds of change that we need to make or the necessary changes that we need to make, we need the wisdom for the thing. And that is why the Bible says, ask for that wisdom. For that wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. And so you as a parent, you as a person, you need that wisdom. We all need that wisdom because it is the stability of our times. Anyway, we will go ahead right now and go on to talk about the preparation. So the preparation is the how. We're getting into the things of understanding today. How to prepare. But what I was talking about on Saturday is why we prepare. We prepare because we have an enemy that is called Satan. We have an adversary that is called the devil. And if we don't know how come it, he became or we became his adversary or understand his strategy for execution and for conquest, we're going to be shooting our arrows at the wrong target. And so that was what the message of Saturday is about. And I'm going to touch on it very briefly from the book of Zechariah chapter 13 today before we get into Ephesians chapter 6. And so why don't you go ahead now and turn with me uh, to the book of Zechariah. Why don't we go now to the book of Zechariah very quickly. And um, I will start reading from chapter 13. And just very quickly, Joshua, why don't you check your messages? I need you to do something for me. So I just texted you. Alrighty. Sorry about that, guys. And so the book of Zechariah chapter 13, uh, we're going to start reading from verse. Uh oh, that is not Zechariah. Let's go here. Yeah, because I, I had it open just to save us a bit of time. Alrighty. Now, we're going to read from verse 7. Verse 7 says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Against the man who is my companion, says the Lord of hosts, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Then I will turn my hand against the little ones. God was the one who said, awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Awake, O sword, against the man who is my companion. Without getting into too much detail, that expression, the first expression there is my shepherd. And I think that's clear. We know that Jesus is the shepherd because he says, I am the good shepherd. Okay. And that expression that follows says, awake the man who is my companion. You see, the way the men of old spoke and the way that they wrote is very pictorial. It's very, you know, you'd have to picture it. You have to picture what they're saying because they spoke in pictures, right? So when you picture what they're saying here, it says the man who is my companion. The word to have a companion is to have, the, to have someone alongside with you. 
And who is the one that is alongside? The Holy Spirit. Jesus says, ask the Father and he will send you alos paraclete, which means another comforter or another one that is alongside. The word paraclete is from the word paracleto. I believe that's how it sounds, which means one that is called alongside. It is another expression or terminology for companion. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is the great companion. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14 says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, which equates to the sweet companionship of the Holy Spirit, the one that is called alongside. And so the Bible here was making sure that prophetically we get the picture as a, as a prophecy about the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man who is my companion. That means the man who has my Holy Spirit, my anointed one. The Bible lets us know that Jesus was anointed. He said it himself. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And it was said concerning him shortly afterwards when he started to show signs of being anointed. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good. Come on now. So we know this prophecy in Zechariah chapter 13 is talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's talking about the person of Jesus, the one who has the companion, who has the Holy Spirit. Now, let's read on. And, I, and by the time we read on a little bit more, you'll understand the reason why this concerns you. And the reason why you need to know that this is about the Lord Jesus. He says, and, and the Bible says, the Lord of hosts says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. You are the sheep. And if you don't know that you are the sheep... It's probably because you have not yet come into the fold. But if you've come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only begotten son of God who came to take your place and who sustained all of that punishment so that you don't have to, the one who died so that you can live. If you haven't come to believe that in your heart and to confess him with your mouth that he is the Lord, you're outside the fold. Better make amends now before it's too late. If you need more information on how to do that and how to go about getting a very sound understanding of what it means to know the Lord Jesus, DM us via this broadcast or maybe on YouTube or Facebook and someone's going to attend to you and take you through so, so that you don't miss a thing. Alrighty. But for those of us who have come to receive the Lord Jesus and to believe on his name and confess with our mouth, we are in the fold. And once we are in the fold, we are supposed to comport ourselves as sheep, behave ourselves orderly and obey what he says. He says, I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice and I know my sheep. Okay. And so the thing that was most important about being the sheep was what Jesus said to know his voice. Okay, and so because we are the sheep, whenever God says anything about the shepherd, we need to pay attention because our lives are in the hand of the shepherd. He is the one that leads us beside still waters. He is the one that restores our soul. So when we are not following the leading of the shepherd, we are made subject to all kinds of weariness, frustration, and the hireling 
takes advantage of us. The hireling is the opposite of the shepherd. And Jesus gave the description. The shepherd is the one who has a heart for the sheep. But the hireling is the one who takes advantage of the sheep. And that is the reason why the enemy has come into the world through false prophets and teachers who claim to be pastors without a heart for the sheep, but they see the gathering of the sheep as an opportunity for them to be famous or for them to make money or for them to have some kind of political influence or become celebrities. Okay, those are hirelings. But the shepherd is the one whose heart is totally on the line and sold to see the sheep flourish, to see the sheep nurtured, to make it about the growth, the development, and the tendering of the sheep. Anyway, I digress. But coming back to the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd and we are the sheep. And so when the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 13, strike the shepherd. This was God giving the instruction for his own son, the good shepherd, to be struck. Someone says, wow. I thought y'all said he was a good God and a good, good father. What good, good father will give an instruction to the sword, to the sword to arise and strike his son? The same one, the same good father who would even take it a step further from there after striking the shepherd to ensure that the sheep is well dealt with as well. Let's read on. And then in the midst of all of this thing that looks like, oh, not so good father, you will see why he's doing it. And hopefully you'll be able to embrace him once again as the good, good father that he is. The Bible says, as I continue reading the same verse seven, he says, and the sheep will be scattered. Then I would turn my hand against the little ones. The little ones is talking about the little sheep and it shall come to pass in all the land, says the Lord, that two thirds in it shall be cut off and die, but one third shall be left in it, which was also the thing that was revealed to John the beloved in the book of Revelations. In Revelation, the Bible lets us know that two thirds will remain, that a third will be struck. Now it goes on. It says, I will bring one third through the fire because you see what happens in generality. It's an inverse. Okay. I don't want you to get it mixed up. So when I say it's the same thing that John saw, I want you to understand there was an inverse going on here because John was talking about the fact that a third of the earth will be struck and they will die. But the Bible is talking about here that two thirds will be struck and they will die because what's going on in the world is an inverse of what's going on in the church so that the entire creation is still one whole. All right. It's a little bit of mathematics. Okay. When you take one third, what are you left with? You're left with two thirds. So what two thirds of what's happening, two thirds is what's happening in the body. One third is what's happening in the world. Okay. But there is still going to be the pruning that will take place both in the world and in the body of Christ in the fold where the shepherd has oversight. Okay. All right. So let's continue going. And now, um, the, not just oversight, but where he has his attention. Verse nine says, I will bring one third through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined. I would test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say this that the Lord is my God. God is saying in order for my relationship with my people to become a more personal relationship. 
You see, without all of what's going on in the world today, and even more of those things that we're about to experience in this world, many of us will not come to appreciate having a personal relationship with God. We will stop at having the collective and corporate identity of being called a Christian. Do you know that while all our church buildings were still open and we were still business as usual, if care is not taken, majority of us will stop there and just know that, oh, I'm part of, I'm part of that gang. I'm part of that group of people. That is who I am. Sorry about that little disruption. That is who I am. I'm part of the Christian group, and that's okay by me. But God is saying, no, I want more from you, and I want more for you than for you to just identify with a larger group of people and have a relationship with a brand or have a relationship with an organization or have a relationship with a particular pastor and his wife, but I want you to have a relationship with me. God says, I want them to be able to say the Lord is mine and I am his. So you see, he is a good, good father because of the fact that he wants to bring you closer into his embrace. That is the reason why he has asked for the sword to strike the shepherd so that the sheep will scatter. And when we are scattered into our own individual spaces, into our smaller groups and into our individual units, he is then able to take care of all the impurity and ignorance that we have been moving around with. And that is the process of refining. The Bible talks about the process of refining gold and the process of refining silver as essentially a rigorous process of separating that which does not belong from a thing of value to increase its value and to boost its applicability. So you as a believer will increase in value because you are in fact a royal priesthood, a holy nation and a peculiar people. You are unique and because of your uniqueness, God takes you through that process. As the body of Christ, we will be pruned down because the value a thing has is a direct function of its rarity. The scarcer a thing is, the more value it has. So when we've had all kinds of tears mixed with the wheat, our value has been greatly reduced. And that is why God is saying, I am going to bring about a separation. A lot of those who have been numbered with you will no longer be numbered with you because I am cutting off two thirds. And the one third that will remain, I will take them through the process of refining. The other day, my brother was explaining to me the process of refining pressures, of refining um, the, the refining process. And he says, first of all, you need to separate the things that are obviously don't belong. And then once you separate the ones that are not obvious, I mean, the ones that are obvious, then you go through the process of, of grinding the material that you have from the earth in order for you to now extract that which you would need to pass through the fire. And so all of what's going on right now, I believe, and I've said this months ago, it's a separation technique by heaven. The earth is being shaken so that we can separate people by the, into layers based on the substance that they have, based on the spiritual weight that they carry. Remember when everybody and their mom was, was preaching and, and on the pulpit, and teaching all kinds of things that are not even of, some of them complete fabrication from the kingdom of darkness. 
But today, if somebody comes out and is preaching the gospel that has no weight, you can easily tell because we need the power. This is the year of power. And if somebody is preaching the gospel that denies the power, we are more in tuned now as the body of Christ to discern between just the eloquence of men's wisdom and the ones who are preaching the word of life that is evident in power. That is what? Evident in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that some men will come in the eloquence of men's wisdom, but it is only a form of godliness, but because it denies the power. But we have come to you in the demonstration of the power. There are people that you used to listen to. You used to watch their TV broadcast. You would even go sometimes to their gatherings, to their conferences, to their seminars. But these days you can't listen to them anymore because you don't feel the power. You recognize now that it's just eloquent words and just empty um, display of, 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 uh, of, of word masonry, if you would. People just knowing how to put words together and how to tell you the five things, the ten things, the this and the that. And those were the days wherein we didn't really need power because the world wasn't yet being shaken up. But now we need power. So when we don't see the power, we're like, no, I can't listen to this anymore. I've had more than a handful of people in recent times say to me, Pastor, do you recognize, do, do you feel like there are people now that you can't listen to anymore? Because we, we're going through that. That is the kind of separation that is going on in the world today. The separation that is going on in the world today is one wherein God is letting us know the ones he has sent from the one who sent themselves or the ones he sent who turned around and start, started following mammon and started looking for the things that are not of value in the kingdom of God. Yet again, I digress. But what I was saying is this, folks, we are going through a time right now wherein God is allowing for us to be shaking up so that when he sifts out the two thirds, the remnant, this is all about extracting from the mix the remnant that will go through the fire. The fire process is such an expensive process that we cannot just pass everything, everything through the process. We need to fine tune the sieve so that what comes out will just be enough for us to take through that process of refining in the fire. And again, let him who has an ear hear what the spirit is saying unto the churches. I do not keep myself at all that these things are for everybody. I know these things that the, these things that the Lord is, is seated in me and the things that he inspires in me and says through me are for the elect. And so if you think this is all boring, you don't even understand where I'm coming from. Well, I'm sorry, baby, I'm not sent to you. But the ones to whom I have been sent, the handful, the remnant, they know exactly what I am talking about. And they are inclining their hearts and positioning themselves to go right through the fire so that they can come out on the other end as gold. So that is why we are going through what we are going through. Okay, I told you I was going to summarize Zechariah 13. And that's what I've done. One thing that I skipped, which I would go back to very quickly, is at the beginning of verse 9, he says... Um, no, 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 no. Let's go back to um, verse 7, wherein it says, Then I would turn my hand against the little ones. Let me tell you something, folks. <laughs> the persecution that is coming to the church is not the engineering or the machining of Satan. Satan himself is being used as an instrument. What we are about to experience as the body of Christ is a preparation 
that has been foreordained by God himself. Okay? So let us brace up. The Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the almighty God. <laughs> so let us brace up. Simply because we are about and we are already going through things now that are not of the mundane. We are going through things that will truly test whether you believe or you don't. You can no longer be a Christian by complacency. We are moving into a season wherein you, to be a Christian and to genuinely say that you are Christian, to stand for the things of the word of God and to live your life in obedience to the word of God is essentially to put your life on the line because people will come for you. The sword will come for you. Because the sword has been asked to strike the shepherd. Who is the shepherd? Jesus is the shepherd. And who is Jesus? He is the word of God. What we are experiencing today is that the word of God in our hearts is being tested. And when the word is struck that is in you, you get to scatter. And how do you pull yourself back together again and reposition yourself for the furnace? So that you can go through the entire process of purification and come out. Because God is not coming back for a church that is impure. He's coming back for a church, the Bible says, that is without blemish. He's coming back for gold that has no impurities. And for gold not to have impurities, it has to go through the fire. And so for the church to be ready for the master's use, it has to go through the fire. And so how do you prepare? Ephesians chapter 6. Let's go. Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Bible as it is my custom. And the Bible says, and I'm going to read very quickly because I want to wrap up on this subject today. I want us, I want us to have all of these things together in one video, in one hour. And so let's go. Verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I know there are people here who have studied very well the writings of Apostle Paul. And I want to encourage you, Apostle Paul was a, great, was a great and phenomenal teacher. He taught the gospel of grace. He taught the gospel in its simplicity so that those who were without, those who had been outside of the commonwealth of Israel can understand all of the work that began in Adam through and the things that continued, the, the covenant established in, in Abraham and the commissioning of Moses for the assignment that became a shadow of what was to come, the salvation by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now, those people did not know all of those things. They were alien to those things. They were alien, the Bible says, to the commonwealth. But Apostle Paul was raised by God and given such a teaching unction with which he was able to teach and break down the gospel. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, even in its simplicity, because it is the power of God unto salvation. He said that. Now, this Apostle Paul was also prophetic. When I started watching or when I started listening and following the teachings of Apostle Paul, a lot of what I was fascinated by was his resolve to preach the gospel. And after a while, I began to appreciate his understanding of grace and how he taught. However, in recent times, I am beginning to see more the prophet, the prophet that was in Apostle Paul. And so a lot of the times when he says, finally, brethren, he was talking specifically to the things reserved for the seventh church for the church of Laodicea, for the church of the last days. So when he says, finally, brethren, he's talking to us. So what is he saying here? He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the evil wiles. 
against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Now, not the rulers of the darkness of ages past. Let's not get it twisted. There are certain things that we have done as the body of Christ up until now that do not have any significant effect against the rulers of the darkness of this age. There were certain kinds of prayers that we said 30 years ago that casted out demons, that took principalities out of their places so that we could take territories. That will not work today. I was sharing with folks the other day. I believe it was on Sunday. I was sharing that. Um, it was Saturday. That the kind of temptation. That the apostles faced. Or persecution. Was persecution by the dragon. of The, the dragon that was described in Revelation 12. As coming after the woman and her children. After the firstborn was caught up to meet with God. Remember the woman of Revelation 12, 12. She gave birth to the firstborn. Representing the Lord Jesus himself. Because he's the firstborn amongst many brethren. And then the other children of the woman. Were, they, they had to deal with the dragon. The dragon came after them. He he, he followed them in a hot chase into the wilderness. That was the kind of persecution that they experienced. But the Bible says that the witnesses in the last days, the witnesses of Revelations 11, that their own persecution will be championed and capped off by another kind of spirit, a different kind of beast that is called the beast of the abyss. That beast is going to rise up and overpower the witnesses. Again, that's what the word of God was saying, talking about the sword and the fact that the hand of God will move against the little ones, the remnants that remain, the witnesses that will remain. Okay? So we are in for some really fun times because the body of Christ in the last days, we experienced temptation, I mean persecution and attack under the hand of or by the instrumentation of the beast from the abyss. And that is the reason why Paul was saying to the generation that will come, the final generation, it says, finally, brethren, I want you to think about it this way, that what he says is tantamount to saying to the final brethren. So when he says, finally, brethren, he's saying to the final brethren, you need to recognize that you do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this age, this final ages. Guys, let us wake up and start to think with the mind of Christ that we have. Let us begin to read between the lines so that we are not ignorant of the devices of Satan. Let me tell you something. COVID-19 is not about flesh and blood. It's not about how sick anybody can be in their bodies. This season that we're in, the real warfare is a battle for the mind of the believer to see whether the word of God that is in you has taken root or not because the shepherd in you will be struck and your minds will be scattered. 
That is the reason why people's minds are all over the place right now, being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But will you be part of the third that will remain, or will you be swept away by the two-thirds who did not build their houses upon the rock? Because let me tell you something, all of those things that Jesus was talking about, he was talking about you and I, he was talking about his body, and some will build their houses upon the sand, while others will build their houses upon the rock. Every decision that you make in your personal life, every decision that you make concerning your, you and your spouse, your business, your investments, and the children that you're raising, the ministry that you're a part, that, that, that you have, the church community that you're a part of, every one of those decisions have to be founded and grounded upon the word of God. Otherwise, you will not make it into the furnace. You will not be a part of the third because the two-thirds that will be swept away are the same two-thirds that Jesus said built their houses upon the sand. Take an assessment of your life, folks. Take an inventory of your very existence and recognize that these are the times wherein we need to build our houses upon the rock, upon the word of God, Jesus. The Holy Spirit revealed to me January 11th. And I don't know, man, if you're still out there and you haven't heard the prophecy that God spoke through me on January 11th, you're kidding yourself. You need to go and read it. You need to go and listen to it. It's on our YouTube page. He's on our Facebook page. He's on my personal Facebook page. Go and listen to it. The, the word of God that came to us there says that we need the word of God for ourselves and for our families because that is the immunity against what is coming. You need the word of God. Otherwise, you will be blown off. Okay? And so here, the Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So COVID-19 season is not about a virus that can attack your body. It is about a virus that is designed for your mind to stop you from doing the will of your father. To weaken your defenses and make you susceptible to the great deception that will cause men and many to receive the mark of the beast. Hence, subjecting themselves to eternal damnation. And you don't want to be one of those folks. You don't want to be feeble-minded. The Bible says if your strength fails in the day of adversity, then it is indeed small. Let me not break sweat over you in vain, my brothers and sisters. Let the Lord Jesus not have bled over you in vain. Why don't you awake from your slumber today? Grab a hold of the promises in the word of God. Become acquainted with what the word of God says about you. Keep your eyes peeled it is not about your body. It is about the body of Christ. So let's stop focusing on, oh, I'm going to put on the mask. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to bathe in sanitizer so that nothing comes to my body. Let us take that much precaution when it comes to what comes into our spirits, what comes into our minds, what we believe and what we discern to be falsehood from the kingdom of darkness. Awake. Oh, you who sleep unto righteousness. <laughs> this is the time to wake up, guys, and I am excited. I am super duper delighted. This is how we prepare, by putting on the whole armor of God. But before you get to put on the whole armor of God, the first thing you need to put on is the wisdom and the knowledge. The wisdom, the understanding of the knowledge of how things operate. I have just taken us from Zechariah to let us know the things that we have been made subject to and why it is for our refining. So now you have the wisdom. Now let's get into the understanding of the signs of the times. The Bible says that the rulers of the darkness of this particular age, they are a different beast. So we need to prepare differently. 
But the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You just need to know how to apply it for this situation under the leading of the Holy Spirit. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These days when people hear the truth about what's going on, they're always quick to say, oh, that's conspiracy theory. Nobody's going to do that to us. People are not that wicked. Governments are not that mean. No, people are not that wicked. And the people in government are probably, most likely not that mean. But there are spiritual wickedness in high places who are using men the way God is using you. The way God uses you and I to be witnesses of his power, God is using some human beings as vessels of wickedness. The principalities in the air are not coming down to operate on the ground. They are using men. Some men in their quest for power have struck deals with Satan to sell you and your neighbor. Enough said. Now let's go. But the Bible says, Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having guarded your waist with truth. You know what, folks? I do not want to overlabor us today. Let us keep it short. Let us cut it short in righteousness. Remember, I told you the title of my teaching today is How to Prepare. But in order for us to be able to have an appreciation of how to prepare, I have spoken to us a little bit about why. What is, why we need to prepare. We need to prepare for the pruning that is coming so that we can be prepared for the furnace, for purification and being made ready and to be made appropriate for the master's use. Okay? And so we have already started talking about the how and we're going to continue by the grace of God when next we have the opportunity. But for now, folks, this is what I want you to take from here today. There is no way that we'll prepare without the trinity of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge in that order. The wisdom for these times is to recognize that all of what is happening is happening under the instruction of God, the one who commanded the sword, and is happening under the hand of God, who has chosen to allow his hand to move against the little ones so that they can be sifted and the ones who remain be prepared for the master's use. So don't you be thinking this is just about some people who want to make billions of dollars from selling you vaccination. Don't you be thinking this is about corporations who want convenience in operation by moving everything online and stopping us from using the roads and being about changing our own, our lifestyles. Our lives may change in the process. The way the world runs may change in the process, but that is not the ultimate agenda. The ultimate agenda is for there to be a pruning of the ones that the Lord is coming for. The harvest is right folks the Lord is coming for an harvest for a harvest of souls and he's not just coming for the impure he's coming only for the ones who have gone through the fire and the ones who are purified so let us begin to condition the sails of our hearts so that we are not misled by the devil the second thing that I want you to take out of here is the understanding the understanding is how to prepare how these things will happen so knowing how these things will happen also helps you to know how to prepare and how do we prepare by recognizing that 
we need a whole new kind of strategy. We need to assure ourselves with a new weapon of warfare. The armor of Saul is not going to help you defeat the Goliath of today. You need to be flexible. You need to recognize the kind of inventory that God has provisioned for you to constitute your artillery for the enemy of today. And that is what we are getting into. And by the grace of God, we will continue. I want to show you very practical things that you need to be doing on a daily basis as a believer to ensure that you are putting on and keeping on the whole armor of God. You know, some in the past have put on the armor, but they have laid it down. How to put it on and how to keep it on. We will get into that. But today I have shared with you or reminded you of one practical thing to do, and that is to get the word of God for your life, your family, the decisions you make. Why don't you take an inventory right now or maybe after this broadcast or maybe when you watch it again of the things that you are making decisions around and the things that you are doing on a daily basis, not just to cope in these times, but to win in these times and see how they measure up against the word of God so that you are not operating by your own wisdom. Neither are you operating by the strategies of the world, but that you are operating always by the leading of the Holy Spirit through the instrumentation of the word of God. Alrighty, that is all folks. I am so thankful to God for the call that he placed upon my life and for the assignment that he has given to me. And I am thankful to you that I get to do it with my wife, my children, and my comrades in the ministry here at Communion House. I am thankful also for you, those who come to be a partaker, who come to listen, who come to enjoy, and who faithfully share these things with others. Paul said it this way. He says, these things that I have shared with you, you also commit to faithful men. And so these things that I'm sharing with you, I am thankful to God because I know that there are folks who share it with others, who click on that share button, who subscribe, who host watch parties, who make sure that others are also enjoying the privilege of the word of God that is coming through this platform here at Communion House and through my obedience by the grace of God, which are prophetic teachings for the times that we're in. Prophetic teachings that come constitute guidance for the times that we are in. Glory be to God. Once again, it is Moses Anderson. And on behalf of everyone here at Communion House, I want to say thank you for your audience. Thank you for those guys who pray for us, who support us, who give us feedback, and for the guys who give to us and support us financially. We thank God for you. Do not be weary in well-doing. You will reap as you do not faint. God bless you guys, and I will see you on the next broadcast. Until then, know the word, meditate on the word, and do the word. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit us at www.communion.house and follow us on all social media platforms at Communion House. Again, that's www.communion.house and all social media platforms at Communion House. Thank you and God bless.